Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, Andrew. This is Andrew McMahon. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Currently, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. That's correct. Has ventured out of the wilderness to New York City to Billboard's Manhattan office. Feels pretty wild out here, though. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I want to talk about the self-titled, I guess you could say, since that's the name of the the project now, Yeah, yeah. self-titled album, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, which has been out since the fall. And I want to do some looking back on the album now, since you've had some time to kind of let it sink in. This won't really be like a, here's a new album kind of Mm -hmm. interview, because it's been a few months, uh, but it's still not that old. So, you know, the narrative around the release when it first came out was how it seemed like you were bummed with the industry with Warner taking forever to release the last Jack's record and you kind of needed to recharge or at least that's what I picked up on. Yeah. yeah. So do you think this new album helped you do that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's interesting. Like I don't blame the industry per se. I think there was a lot of, there were a lot of factors that, that played into, you know, the way that the, the Jack's thing wound up and, and, and sort of finished. Um, I think just in general, I wasn't really built for that system. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think there, it worked for me for a long time, but I think there were always just inherent frustrations and a lot of a lot of hands in the mix. You know, and again, it's like I totally get it. You're spending a lot of money, and you have a, a vested interest in your your uh, uh, investment paying off. And I think so. Sometimes you get to the point where there are a lot of people micromanaging a situation that could be a little bit freer and, and maybe would benefit from being a little freer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think the approach to this record was, was, you know, markedly different. And it also required me to do some things that I wasn't doing in the, when I was in the major label system, which was setting my site on a deadline and working towards it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that part of it was always, but was usually my fault. You know, I, I had a hard time finishing records quickly. Um, in in the in especially the last two jacks records i mean there was three years between both of those albums um and i think when when i you know got on board with new management and we decided that we were going to put out this this self-titled record it it was like okay well you're not going to spend three years to make this record you mm-hmm. got to batten down the hatches and and do the work and write the songs and and get them done and not let it you know not let it kind of trickle towards a release but instead kind of you know run towards it so we set a deadline and we literally the record came out the day that we had scheduled for our deadline yeah and to me it doesn't sound that different than 
the Jack's Mannequin records, but the hooks and the melodies, they just sound really, really happy, like maybe happier than they'd been. They sound yeah. really lush. They sound really full. So it does seem to me as a listener, like you, you sound recharged. Yeah. I turned a corner for sure. I, I think in the, you know, between when I made everything in transit and, you know, the, the two records that followed with passenger and, uh, uh, and, and people and things, I mean, obviously a lot in my life had, had gone on, you know, mm. in, in that, in that period of time, there was a lot of it, a lot of that time was, you know, was, was sort of this slightly confusing, uh, moment where I was, I was recovered from being sick, but I, I think there were a lot of like uh, a lot of issues that still resonated with me that I hadn't sort of dealt with. Um, and I was working my ass off so much that I think I avoided dealing with a lot of stuff that, that was attached to, to my illness. Um, and so at the time that I was sort of winding up uh, the People and Things record, I moved out of Los Angeles. I moved sort of back to the, the same town where I went to, you know, went to high school and, you know, have a lot of my friends there and family and, and just sort of dug back into i think maybe a little bit more of a a, a meaningful existence you know mm-hmm. rather than you know going from the road back to the studio from the road back to the studio you know and and spend a couple you know spent you know the few years in between records you know the last jacks record and this one coming out just sort of like revisiting um you know revisiting i, I think some of the places that had inspired me the most uh, in my early days of writing songs Yeah, so let's play a little bit of Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. This is Cecilia and the Satellite. So speaking of Cecilia, how is she doing? She's doing good, yeah. She's, uh... Back at the hotel right now, mom, and uh, gearing up for her first, uh, to the UK for uh, for a little uh, uh, about what six, seven tour dates now. Also, want to talk about another point I thought was interesting with kind of leaving the major label game and going out on your own with Vanguard, your new label. In interviews, especially ones for this album, you've made it known that you'd still like your music to be on radio, to get heard by a lot of people. Were you afraid at all, like, leaving the major label system would hurt that? Well, I think... I I wasn't afraid. I mean, truthfully, if there's anything that I can say about this transition, a lot of it was about going into it without fear and and trying to tailor a scenario where um where we could operate out of excitement for mm. the music rather than out of fear which is something that i felt like was really a, a, a mark of a handful of my major label releases you know mm. um but yeah of course i mean the the majors do have a lock in a lot of ways on radio um and they have big staffs and I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And whatnot. The the cool thing about Vanguard and the situation that we've worked out between them and my management is we have a really fantastic radio staff. Um, And it's sort of the best of both worlds uh, in the sense that they actually fund radio campaigns and they have successful artists who who you know who do really well at radio and i think that was why um you know when when i finished the record we started looking towards where's the the best of both worlds where is there like an indie Mm. that will you know give me a fair deal for the work that i've done on this record and will actually spend the money that it takes uh to play the long game at radio which is something that that is you know, uh, more now than ever really essential, especially when breaking what, you know, even though I've been around for a while, this record is effectively like an emerging artist's album for Mm. most people at radio. Um, And that that we found in Vanguard, and, you know, they've been working this single for for several months and, you know, have gotten it to my highest chart position of any record I've ever released. Um, So I I feel like it's working. Yeah, yeah. And also... Like in in working with Billboard, I see that kind of definitions of hits, quote unquote, are changing, and like you know relevancy, mainstream kind of stuff. Because with you, like for example, writing for Smash, and do, uh, doing the stage adaptation of your music, which, right. we'll, which we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. I think it's clear that there's ways to reach a larger crowd that are emerging nowadays that are outside this realm of like traditional hit songs. Yeah. Well, I. I... I think it's about trying to have fun with your music and trying to find outlets for it that are unique. Um, and it, you know, it's like you're, you know, you're talking about the, the Smash thing, you know, which kind of came out of left left field for me. It was a a fan of my music who just happened to to uh, step into the showrunner space for for Smash, mm. and and uh, you know, I got the phone call for that. I'd never done anything like that before, and it was like, okay, well. I I'm gonna just try and I started writing songs for these guys and it turned into what it did and now it's led to this really interesting sort of path where there's some overlap between what I've done and Broadway which is really exciting yeah. to me um, you know as a kid who grew up like in musical theater you know to actually have some of these musical theater uh, stars you know performing my music I mean it's it's it's, it's mm. a really exciting left turn that I never expected. Um, but you get to those places by saying yes to things that you know maybe you're not totally comfortable with, and and that for me more than anything right now has been a really important part of my trajectory. Is like, hey, maybe I wouldn't have done this five or six years ago. Let's try it. You know, yeah. or maybe I wouldn't have written with this person. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because who knows what happens? You know, you're not gonna get anywhere by turning things down. That that could be opportunities. Yeah. What shows did you do when you were younger? Gosh, when I was, I mean, I was, I was in high school. Most of the musical theater stuff I did, we did like, you know, nothing, none of the big shows. It was like, uh, you know, 110 in the shade. And we did, uh, well, we did a little shop of horrors. Um, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, you know, a bunch of like the, the school I went to was like, there was this, this drama program that was considered somewhat prestigious. And I feel like they like chose a lot of obscure, mm-hmm. <laughs> obscure musicals and plays to perform in. 
Yeah, I find that neat because when I was in high school, my friends who first got me into something corporate were like the kids who were in like punk bands, but also did theater. Yeah, well, that, I guess there that makes go. sense right there. Yeah, <laughs> there is a through line for all of this stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, let's talk about the show, which is tonight, right? Yeah, tonight. It'll be last week when the podcast actually runs. But so tonight in New York City, it's made for each other. Broadway meets Andrew McMahon, and it's a one-time thing, right? Yeah, they did. They did a performance similar to this uh, last year, maybe a little over a year ago. That I wasn't actually there for. I couldn't attend because I was I was on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be the first time I've actually been able to participate, and I'll sing a few songs with the with the cast and with the band that's up there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it it should be fun. Yes, because I've been trying to imagine what this will be like. So you'll be singing and playing piano while the players interpret the songs. No, so most of the most of the show is so fifty four below is kind of like this Broadway supper club um, where a lot of I think a lot of the, the, the Broadway stars hang out and a lot of people who attend Broadway shows will go there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in between gigs and they do smaller, smaller performances and, and reviews and things there. Um, so there's kind of like a house band and, and then a bunch of different Broadway stars will come. So the house band will play the songs. This, these, these different Broadway players will come in and sing and perform their renditions of the songs. I'll sing four or five and maybe sit on piano for a couple. But for the most part, I'll be in the audience at right. least for half the show, like kind of watching this all take place. Have you ever watched your songs be performed before without you being involved? Nope. Wow. Yeah. Other than Smash. No. Yeah. And, yeah. So this is a, and when I did it, so at 54 Below where this is taking place, we actually did a sort of modified run through sort of stage version of the story arc that I wrote for uh, for Smash. So the, the side plot that I was involved in the musical for, they actually reenacted it. So I was in the audience for that and um, and got to watch these 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 players do the couple of songs the three songs that i had written for smash mm-hmm. um and that was really the first time and it was it was a trip to be on a stage watching you know watching people sort of feed this material back to me as an audience member and it's actually what i'm most excited about to, for the show tonight yeah and what kind of songs are going to be in the set list it's really a it's a it's a it's a blend of everything it's a combination of music off the new record there's a, a pretty decent amount of jack songs in there there's at least one or one or two something corporate tunes so it's a it's mm. a it's kind of in some ways a uh you know a retrospective meets this new album yeah it's like the andrew mcmahon greatest hits something a non-traditional greatest it, hits. it's well it's interesting because they chose it, it, it it's funny because i got the list of songs that i was supposed to sing on and uh and there was a lot of them are songs i haven't even had in my set list in a long time so mm. there's like i mean i think they have from the something corporate uh from the something corporate catalog like they they picked uh I woke up in a car, which I think is an obvious one, but then they have like drunk girl in there, mm. which I, it makes sense from the theater standpoint, I think, you know? Um, so yeah. And then, uh, but like they have into the airwaves, which was like the bonus track on everything in transit. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do a little research before I, I rehearse that one today. Mm. So yeah, nice little mix, some deep cuts, some singles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So another show coming up, I wanted to talk about Coachella. Yeah. Excited. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah, is this your first time playing? It's my third, actually. Third, okay. We did, Jack's played twice. We played, I want to say, in 2008, 2009, and again in 2011, I think. Yeah, some, somewhere in there. I don't. I forget exactly what the spread of, uh, uh, of the years was, but yeah, this will be the first time solo. And what makes you so excited to play Coachella? 
Well, one, I just love the festival in general. Like that's a show, that's a festival I go to when I'm not playing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as far as, as far as American music festivals go, and I haven't been to all of them, but there's just something about the, the, the combination of like established bands and emerging bands that, that you you can always see good music no matter what time of day it is all you have to do is like look down and go oh my gosh and usually it's it's conflicting which is great why i like having two weekends because you can kind of right. divide and conquer and say like okay i'm gonna see tame and paul this weekend i'm gonna see milky chance next weekend you know you can you can sort of figure out what uh what acts you you, you want to see and, and still manage to see them all because of the two weekends um but yeah just to be included in uh in a list of 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 artists like the one that is you know like the ones that are performing coachella is uh is an honor and, and a privilege yeah yeah another thing you keep a spotify playlist mm -hmm. for fans a public playlist that yeah. i like i find it interesting because you've got a lot of new stuff that i'm into like war on drugs banks jenny lewis yeah and that's neat for me because a lot of times interviewing musicians when you say like oh so like what other music have you you've been listening to lately it's just like Oh well, I've been in the studio. I haven't really listened to like much of any music, really. Right. I've been listening to maybe Bob Dylan. You know, it's 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 an answer like that. So you seem really up on things. So like, how do you keep up with new music? How do you find new tunes? Spotify's a huge help. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> little know. Spotify ad going yeah, on. Yeah, right no, here. I know. Well, it, it, it's funny because it's like, yeah, I I hate to even you know <laughs> you know pick a horse in that in that race because obviously i know it's like a controversial subject at the moment but truthfully for me it, that's actually been a very huge tool you know as, as somebody who's always traveling and always on the move it, it's nice to have you know curated playlists that i can that i can dig through and find stuff um but yeah i for me i just feel like when you stop losing sight of contemporary music and stop finding like stop digging into what you find great about the current music scene mm -hmm. i think you start making boring music <laughs> at least i do you know and i i think over the years i found that my most inspired music has be has come from periods of time when i've been most inspired by the music that's being released mm. um and there's so much good music out there to find right now like I, like i laughed like when i when i you know like when i watched the grammys i was like holy shit, there's so much good stuff that's not even being talked about like records that like changed my life this year that I haven't even like I haven't even heard about on this stage and and uh and so for me I I think digging into you know to what's coming out and trying to find the things that you like most in 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 the current releases is like it's a big part of my of of, of my uh my day and where I find my inspiration to write what changed your life this year that you heard well that war on drugs record I yeah I, it's so good I freaked on that record I just I, I I think there's, I mean, again, it's like, and there you go. It's like, I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much like Bob, you know, Bob Dylan and like, you know, there, 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 there's so many, inf you know, influences there um, from other generations, but mm. it's purposed in a way that feels modern, you know, and I, and I love that about that record. Um, I really love the Milky Chance record. I think there's a lot of good stuff on that, on that record. Um, the Jenny Lewis record was huge for me. The Ryan Adams record was huge for me this year. Those were like, as, 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 complete albums go mm -hmm. uh i just found those to be uh so well-rounded and 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 for me as a listener i just like I, those records were big for me um but yeah i mean you've got the you've got my my spotify playlist i can yeah. run through it you know <laughs> uh, but but i also like i i you know i do a lot of like 
you know, I, I have satellite radio in my car, so like I, I end up finding a lot of that stuff like on Alt Nation and XMU, mm-hmm. and 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 sort of have a lot of singles that I that I dig into as well. That banks that bank stuff I really dug this year as well. Right, right. And finally, the last question I want to do a little bit more of a retrospective. Um, I was a huge fan of drive-through bands, like something corporate. Mm-hmm. Like I had a Walkman back in the day with a drive-through sticker on it. You know, yep. so I like I love even though the label's been even though the label's been gone almost a decade, people from the bands are still doing great things. Like yep. you have Gabe from Midtown having a lot of hits with Cobra Starship mm-hmm. and Jack from Steel Train doing Bleachers and Fum. Like, have you kept up with any of these alumni? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw Jack last month. I was out here doing his, uh, his charity show last year. And, and, you know, I, I, I keep in touch with Jack probably the most of, of the, of the drive through alum. Um, but yeah, I mean, even you know, Kenny put out that great record. Uh, we is it Weekender? Is that what? Vacation. Vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I was like, which? Yeah. Kenny from the starting line. Kenny from the starting line. Did, yeah, exactly. Um, so the and that that record's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I try my best to keep up with with people. Usually, it ends up in a, in the form of like a show. Like I saw the like a my gosh, it was probably a few years ago. I saw a bunch of the newfound guys in in mm-hmm. uh, out in Australia. We connected out there, um, and I you know I see Gabe from time to time. We actually hung in Japan a couple years back as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know I was laughing with with uh, with somebody yesterday about how a lot of these these bands whether they're they've stayed together you know a lot of these guys have got their hands in a ton of other stuff which is is a you know to me a sign that that the drive-through uh experience you know still has still has a place in the world somewhere yeah yeah it's interesting because like you said some of them have moved on to like bigger bands others bands have broken up and gotten back together but Mm -hmm. it seems like so many are still involved in music and it's been a long time so that's really cool well, yeah, I think that whole, you know, aside from just drive through, I think that warp tour scene, you know, for whatever you thought of the music, it bred a certain work ethic, you know, and there was, there was a, a an intense commitment to touring and touring in a way that, frankly, in most cases, was not very, uh, you know, not not a lavish lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination, you know, and and I think when you have people who who commit to their craft in that respect and are willing to work that hard that that ends up transcending i think time and genres and other things and and you know if you apply that work ethic to your your music long term you know it can take you places cool well yeah good words to live by for musicians regardless of what scene it is or what you're making definitely definitely well that's all i have so thanks so much andrew for coming out my pleasure man thanks for having me cool so that's all for this week's episode of the alt and our stars remember you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking the itunes link below inside the story and you can also listen to archived episodes we have pete wentz new politics screaming females a lot more and we'll be back next friday as we are every friday with waxahachie on next week's podcast until then have a great week everybody
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.